Welcome to the board game Chinwag. Uh, we've got everyone here tonight, including Helen. How are you going? Yeah, good. Thank you. How are you? I am very croaky voice, but that's uh, that's fine. I'll, um, I'll I'll talk as little as possible tonight. We've also got Dave. How are you, mate? Ahoy, ahoy. That's a great intro. G Money, I hear you're feeling adequate. No, I'm sufficient. That's excellent. <laughs> we've, we've perked you up a bit. That's... Um... <laughs> And Shane sporting a fantastically clean haircut. I don't know. I hope it's new because it looks fresh as. So how you doing, Shane? It's about five days old now, so I'm fucking awesome. All right. <laughs> Language. Uh, as per usual, we've got a guest host, uh, and tonight it's Matt. Welcome, Matt. Hello. Thank you. So I don't know anything about Matt. I've met him five <laughs> minutes before this show started, so we'll just get straight into grilling so I can learn something as well as our audience. I'll pass it over to Dave. Hey, man, how you doing? So um, do you want to sort of give us a bit of an intro on how you know us and, and why you're here? Yeah, so uh, I work with Helen. Um, we've been uh, part of the same kind of work lunch place, a lunchtime workplace, a lunchtime uh, gaming group for a few years now, interrupted by some work from home periods. Um, and uh, met uh, yourself, Dave, just uh, the other week at a uh, board gaming event. Mm-hmm. I think we haven't met previously, but only in passing. So first time we actually sat down and had a conversation on the game. Mm-hmm. So are you one of the illustrious five that played the five, six hour game of Wingspan? Can I decline to comment on the grounds that I can incriminate myself? Or... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I already um, incriminated you. That's fair. Then yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, very good. Um, all right. Thank you. Over to you, Jimmy. Yeah. Matt, is that with two T's or one T? Uh, two T's. It's the ah, Matt with two uh-huh. T's. Excellent. Um, my question to you is: When you started in getting into gaming, what was the first game that really uh, drew you in and took your passion? Yeah. Um, so I played a few board games as a kid, um, just at home. You know, dad and my brother type of thing. We do uh, Axis and Allies. We got far too into magic the gathering at the time um mm. card game not board game but you know close um just those kind of classic yeah avalon hill risk uh, access and allies that sort of thing um a few years ago when i first got into i guess the more modern uh games um i think uh, i walked into a board game club and sat down and they uh showed me this game that was um was really great at the time i was you know having a great good amount of fun with it couldn't remember the name of it um, I was kind of got home that afternoon. I'm like, it's like, it was like a yellow box it started with an S there was all these different colored pieces, like discs or whatever. Um, I was talking about Splendor, which is a uh, pretty, nice. pretty solid, uh, intro game, I think even, yeah. even to this day. Um, uh, yeah. but, uh, the family got a little bit, uh, confused with my very vague instructions and I still have a box of, uh, seasons out there, which I think we played <laughs> once oh, in the that's last seven years. That's a pretty tidy game, though, Seasons, I think. It's right. all right. It's okay. not Splendor. It's not it's Splendor. Not yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Matt, um, you know, obviously Splendor may be up there in your favourite games of all time, but what is your favourite game of all time? And don't say Terraforming Mars, given that you're wearing Mars University T-shirt there, mate. <laughs> uh, no, no. Terraforming Mars, I think I've only played twice. It's good. It's not probably not favourite. It's good. Um, I think uh, probably favorite would have to be uh, Evolution, uh, which is one that's... Uh, okay, there we go. I was going to say it's either people go, oh, yeah, cool, or I've never heard of it. What is this? Well, um, it might have got mentioned on someone's top 10 not long ago, I think. Oh, uh, true. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a pretty solid game. I have um, heard of it. I, I don't think I've even seen it being played, though, at a game day. So maybe that might have to be one of my ones I play at the next game day. Mm-hmm. No, it's worth a shot. It's um, yeah. It's I think I've I've kind of realised as going through you know my my favourite games. Uh, I, I seem to value the ones where every game can be a very different experience, mm. and uh, Evolution definitely has that. Um, you, you've kind of got the you, you're trying to lead a, 
but for those who haven't come across it, uh, you're making different species and basically just trying to keep them fed as uh, other people put competing species and the you know climate and the environment changes around you and you get ice ages and all this fun stuff. And um, yeah, it just means that you can have one game where there's heaps of resources, plant life's going crazy, you've got you know tropical blooms and you're you just having this lovely paradise and then you've got other games where there's no food. Everyone's trying to just eat each other. Um, <laughs> you know, volcanoes are going off every three rounds. It's it can be very, very different from uh, from one game to the next. Cool. cool. That does sound good, actually. Thanks, it mate. is. Um, so, Batty, tell us a hilarious board game story without incriminating anyone else on the call. <laughs> anyone else on the call? Like, there we go. <laughs> That's uh, that's convenient. Um, I think, I think, so no bringing up that Orcs, Orcs, Orcs is just, you know, Castle Panic with deck building and Castle Panic is just Orcs, Orcs, Orcs without it. I, I stand by that assessment. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I think uh, I was reminded of one uh, earlier today, actually, where uh, my, my brother and I, he's not on the call, so I can't incriminate him. <laughs> um, it, he managed to come third in a two-player game. <laughs> uh, he and wow. I were playing, I don't know if anyone's played uh, Domain, spelled D-E-M-E-S-N-E. Oh, no. Um, no. You, you kind of feudal knights or kings or something, and you, you're fencing out, um, you know, territories on a, on a board and capturing gold mines and whatever. And um, this one time we were playing, and... You know, you just like you get that real. Someone's just running away with it. Um, so I was pretty comfortably in the lead, and I'm like, "There's a there's an AI player that's just static. It doesn't do anything. It's just you know, you put pieces on the board at the beginning of the game, but the whole game is about fencing off chunks of territory." And I kind of realized that I could uh, I could carve out a bit of territory for the passive <laughs> AI player and give it points, and. Uh, by the end of it, yeah, he was uh, he was coming third place behind the AI player that had not taken a turn in the entire game. It's <laughs> very upset when I bring that up, so uh, hopefully he's not listening. <laughs> That's a good chance. Hundred a... <laughs> percent, he's not listening. <laughs> and if he was, you... not anymore. That's <laughs> and I hope you recorded that score on BT stats just for you know time sake, you know, keep keep sake there, mate. Uh, Oh, listen, I don't need to. I just remind him of it every uh, every couple of years, and uh, that keeps uh, him in real life. Uh, do you have you gone back, or have you just gone? I'm retiring. Like you know, <laughs> I, I won that game by so much. You lost to the AI. I'm never playing that again. I don't think we have played it since, but that may be more his decision than mine. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I, I can understand. <laughs> yeah. uh, so just uh, I, and it's fair call if the answer is to my question is splendor again. But uh, as far as if you if you come across a non gamer who's showing an interest in playing something, what are the sort of games you bring out, and you know, or, or the sort of genre of style of games you mm. you, you bring out? Um, I think at this point it's it's probably kind of hard. Like, what is a non gamer? Like at this point where video games are so common, and you know, there's there's kind of levels of you say a non gamer. Like, do they sit down and play ridiculously complicated PC games that? You know, um, I think probably, yeah, something like Splendor or um, Azul is the other one, yeah, uh, A-Z-U-L, um, which uh, is, I think it's kind of, it's not incredibly complicated. It's not uh, going to take 45 minutes to, to do the teach. You can basically sit down and, and, you know, get them playing within a fairly short period of time. And you kind of get that experience of they can, you know, start playing, take a few turns and then kind of go, oh, I can do this and then this other thing will happen. Yeah, I can do this yeah. and then here's this strategy that's forming and it's you kind of get to that payoff uh, very quickly as opposed to you know some games where you, you get to the end of an hour and a half game and you go, oh, okay, now I know how to play. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, Azul, Azul is, is, remains a pretty good one. Splendor, yes, is still there. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Both kind of it's... similar. It's funny because, like, as your gateway game, I do that a lot too. Like, Ticket to Ride is my gateway game, so it's almost always an option when I'm teaching new people because it's like you might have the same experience that I have, and you'll spend the next twenty thousand dollars of your money building a shelf <laughs> of games behind you for no reason. But, yeah. I, I've, I've heard Ticket to Ride as put forward as one of those. I've actually managed to never play it. Yeah, 
Um, and at this point, unfortunately, it's I think the reaction that I typically get when I set to, uh, say to a gamer that I've never played Ticket to Ride, that's more fun than actually playing it could ever be. So I'll just never play it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's interesting, Matt, that you mentioned the two games, Azul and Splendor, as games you'll teach to a new gamer because at a recent game night, they're mm-hmm. exactly the two games I taught a table of new gamers. Pulled out Azul and then straight into Splendor. So good, Shane. Great minds. <laughs> also, speaking of great minds, I have to mention that um, what is, I'll just bring this up as an extra bonus question. What is your most hated type of game to play? Ooh. So, uh, Helen is referring to my continuing dislike of dice games, uh, <laughs> which is categorized by me as basically anything that has just too much dice and not enough game. Yeah. Uh, I don't mind dice in games, but. A lot of those kind of, yeah, the roll and rights, the... Uh, 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 you got it... friends here if you don't like roll and rights. <laughs> <laughs> They're okay. Like, I'll play and... them if that's what everyone else is playing, but... Yeah. And yet it was the first game Dave pulled out when we went to retreat was a roll and write. Really? Uh, I did I did see that one at the table, and then someone... It was this massive, like, <laughs> people spread across, you know, two six-foot tables, and... Someone said, oh, yeah, it's a rolling right. And I said, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah. Stop. To be honest, the, the Twilight Inscription does not look like a rolling right. Yeah. yeah. So does it play like a rolling right, though? That was probably the easiest way to, like, guess the board game without saying the board game name ever. Yeah. <laughs> like, everyone knew exactly what game you were talking about. <laughs> the description. I'd never heard of it until that that night when, when it was sitting over there. And I was just like, why did anyone create this monstrosity? Because it's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's surprised. Like I think the the game that we played was there was a lot of people sort of sitting around. It was the first night of the retreat that we went to, um, and different groups. So we sort of managed to pull together a couple of groups, and we ended up with eight players. There's not really a lot of games you can play that have some meat or crunch at eight players. So. We, we started looking around the piles of games and Twilight Inscription was there and nobody had played it. So it became a bit of an experience. And I think everybody walked away enjoying it, at least. Nobody hated it. A few people didn't get it and were just being told what to do and what to circle by other people. But other than that, it was fine. Well, before we throw to Matt for the, uh, for the bones of the show, um, can you guys, oh, I want to hear about this retreat. Uh, we, um, obviously, it was a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we're all jealous. So tell us how a weekend of gaming went. You may need to pick a specific person there, otherwise it's going to be a lot of dead air. Yeah. We, can edit, we can edit that dead air out. I'll just leave it in to show how yeah, yeah. the experience went. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'll, I'll, well, I'll, I'll kick it off with Helen. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it was good. It was really good. I um, played, uh, what did we say, Dave? 13 games we played over the, the couple of days, and I, of that 13, nine of them I'd never played before. Cool. And so that to me is a good weekend because I've yeah. learned a lot. Um the funnest experience was Dave's face when I turned up after um, he'd gone through the rules of On Mars and said, it's all right, I'll learn as I go. Um, <laughs> Let's start playing. I'll pick it up. I yeah, think. that was pretty much what I said. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so um, I'll let Dave speak more to the actual games that we played because it's he's better at it than I am. But... Um, but no, it was it was it was interesting. It was fun. So um, we had a good time, and like I said, always playing new games. And my biggest takeaway actually is we we I mentioned it earlier, orcs, orcs, orcs. But that's the first game I bought from Dave, and we finally got it to the table, having never played it before. And I remember three years ago opening that box and going, "Yeah, nah." Um, and then when I opened it that weekend, I was like, oh, this is this is so easy. And just how far I'd come in three years mm. in terms of my gaming and my knowledge, you know, completely changed that game for me. And actually mm. we played it since Matt and I played it on Friday night again. So, um, yeah, that was really good. It was nice for me to see how far I'd come. And even like on Mars, you know, getting to the end of that game and going, I could play this again without anybody teaching. I understand it. It would take a lot to master it, but, you know, it's a good game. And I got it. So, you know, yeah. that was really some really good moments for me. Dave, do you want to take over? Yeah. like So 
the thing was run by the League of Extraordinary Gamers that that operate out of Wool and Gabo in Brisbane, and they've been at a going concern as a board gaming club for best part of 20, 30 years now, I think. Like it's a very established club, um, and they do this usually only annually. They do a winter retreat, but they've started adding in the summer retreat. So it was at a school campground at Karamundi. Um, and so the, the lodgings were probably the cheaper end of what you'd expect from a 40 year old, uh, I'm bunch out. of people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not to, not to cast too much shade, but definitely not quite my usual standard. Um, but really we just played games and then went to bed and then woke up and played more games and went back to bed. So food was provided. You didn't have to go anywhere or do anything. You just organize games and it was just a big hall with air conditioning and lots of games to play. Um, and there was about 50 or 60 people, I think, in the end. Um, so it was it was two nights. So we got there sort of late on a Friday afternoon and left lunchtime on a Sunday. Um, as Helen said, I, I played 13 games. She played 13 games. Um, Matt, I don't know how many you played, if you kept track. Uh, we did. Uh, we also had 13, which makes me oh, feel wow. a little bit slack because we, had, we left a couple of hours after you guys did. So uh, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like we're letting the team down. Well, there's some bigger ones. So I think on the, the main day on the Saturday where we started, what, breakfast was 7 or something like that, um, we went to bed at 2 a.m. I think we played Great Wall into On Mars into Sidereal Confluence. Mm. That sounds about right, yeah. Which we lo- I love, Shane. It was good. I didn't love it. Okay, love's probably too strong, but it was a good game. It was fun. I think it really is one of those games where you have to watch who you play with, right? We didn't have anybody being completely nasty. It was all very calm and you know, all of that. I think if you played with aggressive players, it would completely change the experience for you. It's so white noise to Shane. He's just like, I don't care. (laughs) Still not even rating in a game in my (laughs) So Tony did the teach and, um, you know, Tony's pretty high energy. Like he was quite bubbly and energetic and he really wanted to play and he'd been hassling people all weekend. So we got a full, we got a table eight. Um, it took up the entire two tables again, same sort of size as Twilight Inscription. Um, he sort of underplayed a little bit to make sure he was helping people. So he was just constantly running around the table and offering advice. And it just it was a really smooth, really fun experience for a group of eight people playing a game they never played before. And that's kind of what it was about. I think Twilight Inscription was a bit the same. Um, some of the other games that we played were just more fun, um, more trying something different. So... The Great Wall and then On Mars was kind of the heavy, um, deep part of the day, and I think that was quite, uh, quite good to get that in as well. So yeah, it just it had a bit of everything. We played light, fun party games down to some of the most complex stuff, and yeah, didn't sleep much. Came back. And Great Wall. Games for the rest Great of the Wall week. is that the new release version of it? Isn't because isn't there a new release of it? Uh, no, there is a new a new version that's coming out or is out. I'm not sure. Um, this is still from the initial. From the initial one, yeah, I've heard so many good things about that game. It's it's a solid game. We've we've had it for a while. Um, yeah, we're we're still enjoying it, which is you know, mark us up and half decent at least. Because mm. um, there's yeah. a bit of a backstory behind it too about how long it took the guy to get it um, backed and funded and and produced from the original game. I'm and not privy to that. I'd be interested to hear what you got. Yeah, it, it took it took about four or five years before someone actually picked it up. Wow. And then when he actually signed, from what I understand, from when he when he signed it for the first time, that company went bust. So then he had to oh. look for someone else to back it. So um, yeah, end, ended up with Awakened Realms. It. That's pretty yeah. good. That's a, yeah, that's a step <laughs> up. Yeah. So and look, it's a good quality product as well. Yeah, yeah you shouldn't have gone with the first distributor, Mongol Distributions. Maddie, have you got anything to add about your experience of the weekend? Um, look, it was because I've I've been to a few of those before. I've been I've been part of LXG for a number of years now. Um, so uh, I think it's it's interesting hearing it from your guys' perspective as you know sort of fresh eyes. Um, but no, I mean it's I think it's it's everything you said is true. It's it's always a good time just to rock up and yeah play some play some new stuff, look at some games that you've never seen before and then you find out they're three years old mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and also just dig out a bunch of those bigger games that you never quite find a chance to play any other time. Yeah. Favourite game of the weekend? I think it might have been on Mars. Um, I need to play it again. 
uh, as was mentioned, I think we were running on about five hours sleep and uh, oh, wow. I had five hours sleep the night before as well. So it wasn't the ideal time to be learning that particular game. Uh, I do I do apologize, Dave, if I was uh, yawning and closing my eyes. It wasn't your teacher, I promise. Um, but, <laughs> Wouldn't uh, be the first time. <laughs> no, I, I really actually enjoyed that one. And, and uh, about halfway through when you kind of got a, a full picture of it all um, and began to realize what I should have been doing the entire time, uh, I kind of realized, okay, this is this is actually a solid game. I need to I need to play this again. I enjoyed, um, so Andrew was the other guy that we played it with, your brother, mm-hmm. and I enjoyed the gamut of his emotions. For When we first started <laughs> playing, he was a bit underwhelmed, and then he sort of got it, and it clicked, mm-hmm. and he goes, yeah, I think I like this. And then about two hours, and he's like, I don't know that I like this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Real roller coaster. exactly what happened. Yeah. It really yeah. was. It really was. He's still not convinced. Yeah. I think because we, uh, we, we live on the south side, so it was uh, quite the drive home from, uh, from Karamundi. Um, but, uh, yeah, we had a good old chat about it. Um, I think, yeah, that was, he's, he's kind of landed in, he likes it. I think he's going to play it again at some point. Um, but, uh, after about three, four hours, any game starts to maybe outstay its welcome a little bit. Um, so. Well, not Twilight Imperium, like that game's, yeah. Okay. Any game asterisk. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So if you only played 13 games, you could have played car cricket on the way home and logged that as your 14th game. On a <laughs> <laughs> well, in fairness, like DG decided that what of our thirteenth game he included in that OC trivia board game, which we opened, read a couple oh. of trivia cards, but didn't actually play with any money or counters. But he's like, no, no, we played it. Yeah, I'm like, still did we know? <laughs> Okay. Still the funniest thing that happened the entire weekend was <laughs> the question that, that we asked, and I can't even remember the exact question. It was like, so-and-so's thing had a so-and-so, and what was the disease that she had? And the answer, the answer no, was no. rage blackouts. It's Summer Roberts. No, no. So what does she suffer from? She suffers from rage blackouts. Rage blackouts. We all needed yeah. to pause there and let Grant answer the question for yeah. us. <laughs> <laughs> I well, watched no. one show, I watched one episode, I got eye cancer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you didn't get rage blackouts. Yeah. 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 I have so to I... say also, there was we played the most exciting game of Red Rising I've ever played purely because David read the books. So was able to tell us, he, he went me through the entire trilogy of who all these people were showing me the cards and saying, this is who this person is. And I'm like, oh, that completely changes, you know, wow. the actual understanding of the game. Didn't change how you play at all, but the understanding was way, way increased. Well, and something we talked a little bit about is, is connecting the theme to the game. And sometimes that helps with teachers and, and enjoyment. So, yeah, it was, it was something that once you understood the little bit of the story behind it, it made more sense yeah. as well. I remember when that came out, I, I had started, I think I'd read the first book or maybe towards the end of the first book and then the game arrived and I played it and I remember, I can't remember the, the names, I can't remember the people, but I remember going, why are these two together? Because yep. they're, like, they're like mortal enemies, you know? And then yep. and then as the story progresses, I'm like, ah, oh, no, no, things have changed. You know, <laughs> like, like, that's cool. It's, um, yeah, so it made sense with the books for sure. Um, what about you two? I, I've, I've heard of uh, Matt's favourite game. What about yours, Helen? I don't know that I really had one. I enjoyed playing everything I played, but I don't know that I was like, oh, my God, this is the game that I now love more than anything else. So, mm. but, yeah, I think it was just a good weekend. I just, I enjoyed everything. I do a like on Mars. I would like to play it again. Um, and I played, is it Five Tribes, which to oh. me has nothing to do with the name. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. You open that book and I'm like, what, why are we dealing with genies? What has this got to do with tribes? It has nothing to do with tribes. Did you like a game though? <laughs> yeah, it was a good game. Yeah. I won. I won with like 185 points. And the people I was playing with like, I've never seen a score that high. I'm like, sweet. That, that's my that's my Orcs, 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 that, that game. I bought that game when I first started, looked at all the pieces, put it back in the box and sold it. I was just freaked Super out by all, easy all game. of those. Yeah, that's the thing. I've never played it since, right? Uh, all those pieces just freaked me out. I'm like, nah, back in the box. And then I just put it on my shelf and then eventually moved it on. 
And now I'm like, I really want to play Five Tribes because yeah. it, it can't can't be that difficult. But in my head, it's really not. In my it's... head, it's like above on Mars. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's a good game. You should one. you should get it on the table. It's a good game. Dave? Yeah, I same sort of thing. I didn't really have a favorite game because I actually played a fair few of the games before. A couple were teachers, but a couple were just refreshes like Red Rising. But I think the experience of Sidereal Conference. Oh, I got going. The most See you later. Yeah. <laughs> Garbage. <laughs> Garbage. Yep. We thought about you, Shane, while we were playing it. We had a long yeah. chat. <laughs> Shane has left the chat. <laughs> uh, yeah. Never again, hey, Shane. Never again. Oh, he's yeah, actually he's left. Got... Exactly. <laughs> so now we can pivot to the sidereal confluence. Uh, yeah. Uh, keep going, Dave. But it's just, it's, it all comes down to who you play it with. And so there was a fun group of relaxed people and, you know, we, we sort of gave it a bit of energy. So it was fun. Oh, Tony would be good to do that teach too. He's like the Energizer Bunny. Yeah. He really is. Yeah, he's very excited. And I, I dodged him all weekend because he's really trying to get people to play that Three Kingdoms, which... You know, Matt played and enjoyed, but Tony is just super on that bad wing because he wants to find a group buy, so he's really trying to get people to play it so he could get some well, discount on the shipping. Uh, and I will <laughs> say that one was a was a success because uh, we did end up buying a copy uh, yeah. after <laughs> after the one playthrough. What a salesman! Uh, yeah. Uh, but Andrew came to me halfway through that play playthrough and was like, "I didn't think this was a four hour game." Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Look, I I thought I knew it was going to be a big one. Um, he didn't apparently, so I don't know where <laughs> I got that memo, and he didn't. Yeah. So look, a quick plug for the event. Like, it's it's worth going along to. I think I enjoyed it and would go again sometime. Um, they sell out, so they advertise it through their Facebook group, and you can get in. But tickets are limited, and I think they've already sold out for next year's summer one as well. Um, no, this winter think, one. Yeah, the winter, the winter one sold one. out as of a week ago. Yeah. Um, the summer one, I don't think, has opened yet, specifically for that reason. Um, yeah. You know, they, they you, often have they often have people cancel, don't they? You know, at the last minute. Because I know the summer one, they had a couple of people cancel, and I, I was locked into something that weekend anyway, so I couldn't go. Yeah, you can get on a, on a waiting list, and yeah. uh, and if someone cancels, but I think even that might be uh, towards the capping out for the uh, for the winter one now. But yeah, as you say, follow the um, Facebook group if it's something you're interested in. And mm-hmm. and quick shout out to Dana; she did a great teach for creature comforts, which sort of was my intro game for the Sunday morning after two days of not much sleep. And it was, it was cute and fun and easy. So Yeah. Dana's awesome. Dana taught me mm. Furnace and that was such a great time. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and many other games actually, but Furnace is the one that sticks out. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to handball it over to Matt, who, as we usually do, we, we invite a guest, we, we sort out their mic issues, and then we say radio. You're the, the show is you're, yours. I'm assuming the mic's still holding. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't trust me. You are you are like nowhere near the first person who has had mic issues, and luckily we're able to solve yours, which hasn't always happened either. So, good job. All right. Well, that's a good start at least. Uh, so, bam, straight back in. Um, so the uh, the topic which has been uh, left to me by your previous guest. Uh, which was uh, about how uh, you all would go about working with the community and getting community involvement. Uh, if I got that correct, have I phrased that properly? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Whatever you say. Sounds that. great. All right. Uh, so, uh, Shane, why don't we uh, oh. start off with yourself? Yeah, throw you straight in the deep end. <laughs> straight in the deep end. Um, so, really, really, it's just about, for me, it was. Uh, all about kicking off with um, just putting your name out there, and you know that that old adage, "Build it and they will come." Um, that's how we, you know, we kind of kicked off with the community piece. Um, I, I did a fair bit back on Instagram days under Aussie Solo Gamer, and did a heap of stuff on YouTube. Um, so for me, it was all about okay. So now, how can we localize this here in Brisbane? So um, to get community involvement, you know, we really just put it out there. And, you know, it just built from there. Um, and then what we did is just make sure that we were getting uh, feedback from the community was the big piece for us. You know, what's working, what's not, what can we do better? Um, and so, you know, we were very open and, um, you know, allowing that feedback to come in. You know, and some, some of the feedback, you know, could, you know, can be pretty harsh, but, 
you know, you just don't take it personally. It's, you know, feedback's a gift. So you just got to, you know, move on and you know, implement where we can. Um, so I think for me, it's, it's an ever transforming beast. You know, it's, we're, we're consistently and, uh, you know, always looking at ways where we can better improve, engage more people and grow it even more. Um, so, you know, it's now at a point, you know, where do we go next? Um, from the expansion point of view with the community. Um, but what I, you know, what I love today, so something happened to me today, I was sitting down at our local, our newest venue that we have on a Wednesday night and a family rocked up, sat down, ordered lunch, pulled out a bag full of board games. Yeah. So then I'm talking to the bistro owners afterwards as, and I said, how cool is this? And they said, someone was here Friday night playing board games. Someone yeah, was right. here. Someone was here on Thursday. They were playing a board game, and they said they were coming back Wednesday night to play more board games for our new event. Event, and then so when I walked uh, walked up and you know said to them, "This is so good to see to see board games on a table," and I mentioned that I'm you know part of the North Brisbane Board Gamers Guild, and they said, "Yeah, we've just joined." Yeah, nice. <laughs> and uh, they said we've got people coming here today, so they all rocked up. So that's what I love doing about it, you know, in the community. Uh, so it just keeps keeps me going, keeps me driving, keeps my passion going. And how great that, you know, you gave them an option of going, this is a safe space, this is a good place to go to play those games, you know. I mean, it's so hard yeah. you, to know where you can go and it doesn't seem rude to the restaurant or mm. whatever, you know. You know, by having that event on the Wednesday, they went, oh, well, this is place is obviously happy, you know, to have this involvement. And, it, you know, it gives them that opportunity to go somewhere, have a meal and have a, a good time with friends. Yeah, and, that, and honestly, that's what they want. They want people to come down and bring a board game and just sit there for the afternoon, have a nice lunch, connect with people uh, and just relax. So it, it was good to see. It was such good to see. And then it's really good to hear that feedback as well. So, hmm. Yeah. Um, Dave, uh, might throw yourself. Yeah, because um, I'm involved in a few communities and I've sort of you know, been building a few for the last little while, but I, I similar to Shane, I enjoy that um, getting out and creating that social aspect for people to actually come and engage in the hobby that some people, yeah, there's a bit of a stigma around it and some people sort of have some social or anxiety issues around you know, getting out and, and being a part of stuff, especially on their own. So creating that safe space is our main driver for the community that me and Shane have built. Um, so we do get a lot of new people that aren't quite sure on the hobby and the way that we pitch our events are often at a either a shared space or um, it, sort of a multi-use space like a restaurant or a cafe where they've got some either dead time or spare rooms that they don't really need. Um, for a little while, we were working with the Laser Zone at Launton. Um, so they had a they're shut for business, for their core business of laser zoning. Um, during the business hours and in the evenings they had a bar and a cafe and so a group of us would just go up there and chill out and play some games so um for us it, it's a bit of both it's connecting people with a space that they feel comfortable with but also then growing awareness of the hobby so the walk-ins is a really good story um or being able to push out some sort of social media and attract new people into hobby or you know grow them from a a gateway splendor ticket to ride style to playing 4.0 games on bgg and loving it and mm. you know wanting to come back every week and so I, for me i get a lot out of the community aspect and that side of it um and i still enjoy playing games with my people that i've been playing games with for a decade but the growing and the attracting stuff requires a lot of effort and energy and i think you know for me personally that comes and goes and it waxes and wanes a little bit so it's nice to have a group of people that are around you that can help and drive a lot of that sort of stuff as well. So, but I think for our Northside group, Shane, me, we got a really good core group of guys and, and folks that really pitch in and help out. Um, there's Mike that runs his own events now. Um, we've got Dave Crew and Nick and, and Lucky Phil. Like there's a lot of people that will always be there to help and um, run events. And especially, I think for us, the biggest thing was connecting with Kylie. At the yeah, game, so. I agree. Um, just it, it overlaps so much with some of the stuff that they're trying to do from that social and community welfare aspect. So it, it's a no-brainer for us. But we're always up for any ideas or any ways that we can socialise and grow the community and the hobby. 
Um, Helen. Yeah, I um, work a lot. So I'm <laughs> no, it, it's relevant. Um, <laughs> but um, because of that, I don't have a lot of free time to do things myself that, you know, I love. Again, I grew up doing community theatre. I think community events in general are such a positive influence on people's lives. Um, I've, you know, been very lucky that I work where I work and that, you know, within my first week we did have this situation where people were like, hey, we play board games on a Thursday, anyone can come. And we, I've watched people over the years, all different, um, you know, all different life and, and different people in the business just going, oh, what are you doing, you know? Um, and they'll come and sit down and they might play one game ever. But, you know, it's just the fact that they'll, you know, it really is a anyone can play, you know, it's open. And I think that's really great. And it, um, you know, and playing them and then owning them through Dave, let you know, I would have them and my family would just turn up and go like, oh, we could play games with you. And so that started me playing with my sister and her kids and stuff. So I think it's just games in general are just such a, you know, yeah a bringing together event and that's what I love about them I have to say watching Shane especially watching you guys but you know watching Shane build the North um, Borgen group and and all of the events it's been honestly a, a lovely thing to watch and to see more and more people get into it and the community support him has been really really great so you know I've, I'm, I get to uh enjoy the events that everybody else is creating but uh yeah it's 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 wonderful and I you know I think it's great that there's people like you guys and you know I know Steve's done a lot of events in the past as well but you know that you guys are out there and making it you know possible for all of us to come and enjoy you know I think it's yeah so that's sort of where I come in that's lovely it, it is, is something I think, uh, and not that I've been directly involved in a lot of it, but just the amount of work that goes on behind the scenes to start and run and keep running uh, a lot of these meetups. Like that's something that I think um, is, is underlying a lot of the growth of board camping as a hobby and the various overlapping communities that spread around a place. It's, yeah, it's something that doesn't get remarked on a lot, but yeah. Yeah, you're right. And like, we do it for the passion. We do it for the love though. And that's, yeah. that's, that's what, you know, we all have our own daytime jobs that we have to attend and work eight hours a day. If I could earn the money I earn doing my daily <laughs> job in board gaming, fantastic. <laughs> I'd do it tomorrow. Be there but in a heartbeat. We would be there in a heartbeat. But unfortunately, you know, we just do it for the passion. And, you know, I talk to people at work and I tell them everything I do outside of work and they're shocked. They're like, how do you find the time? And, and and then also too, then I say to them, and they ask me, oh, do you get paid on the side? I said, no, no, I don't. Yeah. It's, I purely do it for the love and the passion of it. And they're like, oh, you're nuts. And I said, meh. But it's it's, it's actually yeah. what actually de-stresses me from work. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I think some people are lucky enough to have a job they're passionate in. And if that's not the case, why not find passion in something else, you know, to still have that avenue? Yeah. And hopefully no, none of your employers listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I would like to say for the record that I love my job. and yeah. 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 Me too. I enjoy my job and please continue to employ me. <laughs> but you know, fun. Like we're all sort of, there's a little bit of blurring there and I've loved, I've gone in and taken a few games into play at my work with my boss and my boss is not a board gamer at all. And we played Skull and she loved it. Yeah. And we played Seventh Continent one day and she loved it. Wow. And she still goes on and on about the seagull game because one of the early cards that you flip <laughs> yeah. over, there's like a choice of whether you find a seagull, you chase it. She's like, oh, I really like that seagull game we played last year, Dave. I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, I had one of my employees, I taught Splendor 2 during a lunch break and and, and off he went and went and bought it for he taught his parents over Christmas. <laughs> you know, and that's, you know, that was really cool. Um, yeah. But uh, no, uh, everyone at work knows what I do as a hobby and uh they think it's great that uh, you know, they have something you know that's that i'm so passionate about outside of work so and, and also too i don't know about you guys but it actually helps you at work too um you know i'm a leader i'm in leadership so you deal with so many personalities at work but also too in the board game industry you deal with so many different personalities as well so it just helps not even the industry but just at any given table you can have a bunch of different personalities Correct. And, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 <clears throat> Um, G money. 
Let's. Uh, what are your What are your thoughts on the matter? Well, I'm not nearly as interesting as everybody else here in terms of uh, how much I give back to the community. I guess uh, me, it's pretty much just I go to some events and teach games. That's about it, sadly. Uh, just undersell yourself, yeah, some yeah, man. You're a great teacher. Oh, right. yeah. I um yeah. yeah sometimes I go and teach games. That's about it. Um, I do. I found out that you can do therapeutic Dungeons and Dragons. Like you can become a licensed therapeutic Dungeons and Dragons DM. So I'm looking into that. Hope wow. to do that later on. Wow. Maybe end of the end of the year. So, yeah. Very cool. That'll the license unreal. part is interesting. I haven't heard that part before. I know it's been used in in those kind of applications. Yeah, there's actually a, there's a yeah there's a formal group that run it, like uh, give accreditation here. So in Australia, so I'm going to look into that um, later on. So. Just be, just be very careful on how you print your business cards for that. Mm. <laughs> um, so Matt's an avid, avid D&D player as well. Yes, I, uh, I play many bards. <laughs> I, I, I DM for the most part, so uh, I, I don't have one of those, oh, yeah, I play such and such, no, I, I play the DM. That's, uh... <laughs> you're, the, you're the forever DM. Yeah, but I enjoy it, so no complaints. But gee, money, you, you're selling yourself short there a bit, bud. Like, no, every event we go to, you teach a game to yeah. somebody. I don't think I've um, ever been to an event where you're just there to play games. Like, I don't think that's ever happened. Yeah. yeah. And ultimately, if you have an event where no one's teaching, then you end up with, you know, the same four people playing the same three games they've been playing for the past two years. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, having someone who's willing to go, hey, guys, I've set up this three-hour game. Let's learn it. That's, mm. uh, that's a value. Yeah. And you're at every event helping set up, help pack up. Mm. Yeah, you're the glue, mate. None uh, of this happens without you. That's a lie. Oh, wow. <laughs> is this an intervention? This is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess I better stick around then. Uh... <laughs> See, that's why we love you, G. Always putting a smile on our face. And uh, I feel like I'm missing someone. I've, I'm drawing Steve. Like... Steve. My apologies, Steve. <laughs> Steve. Oh, that's that's Hey, it's well. I I can't even remember what context I heard it, but I got told once that if what you want doesn't exist, then just go and start it because there's more people like you, uh, and that's kind of always been my thing. Like I, I'm a, I, 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 I've been on a couple of podcasts that I talk about board games ad nauseum. So you'd be forgiven for thinking I'm not, but I'm a massive introvert. Um, I'm not comfortable around people. I'd be actually, I'm actually more comfortable on a microphone in front of 3,000 people than I would ever be in a conversation with two people. Um, I'm no good at small talk. But um, so what, what I found is uh, I've gone into board gaming stores. I've gone into board gaming, uh, like regular meetups and events. I've walked in the door so many times. I've walked around and then back out and then out the door again because mm-hmm. I was just too nervous to ask someone to join a game or everyone's playing a game. So I'm like, what do I do? Just stand here and I don't know what to do. And um, or sometimes I would get, I'd get to the front door and be like, nah, I'm not going in. I'm just going to do something else. And, uh, and I, I, to be honest, I don't really think I had a good experience walking into a board game shop or a, or a meetup like at, at, at all. And I put a lot of that down to the fact that quite often there's no one there welcoming you. There's no one there int- like saying, oh, hey, welcome to our club. This is what we do, blah, blah, blah. You know, if they, they, there's where the games are. If you look, want to get a teach, talk to these people. So my theory was I wanted to create that. I wanted to create a space where people could come in, immediately feel welcomed, have people there like G Money and they, all you guys have done it, where you're not playing games. You're not, you're not there to play games. You're there to host the event, make sure that people who come in are welcome. And and that's where, where the my board gaming community kind of grew. And it was purely, almost selfishly, because that's what I wanted. Uh, yeah, I, I wanted to feel that comfort. So um, it's quite funny. I was at a board game day. Uh, it was actually on 2021 Hottest 100 Day. And I remember that because I'm a, I was always a Hottest 100 fan and that was the first year that I just forgot it was on. I didn't realize it was on. But we're having a, um, we're having a board game day um, on this balcony where there was a, a big communal area and there's heaps of people there. I'm like, what are they all doing there? So me and another guy left the board game table to go and find out what was going on. We worked out it was the Hottest 100 and we're out there. We're like, oh, cool. And then... I just froze. Like I couldn't speak to the guy about anything because we're no longer at the board game table. Like we've been chatting and yarning for ages on the board game table, but take me out of that space. And I just went straight back into my usual introverted self. So I was like, 
it, it, it for me it's it's a release it's something that i enjoy it's something i love to talk about um but it's yeah the, the, my, my community building comes from that i just want people to feel comfortable feel like they're not going to be left out and um at any point if i'm playing a game and we've mentioned it on this podcast before if i'm playing a game and i've seen shane do it i've seen dave do it and someone's looking around like with no like they look like they're a bit lost we will eject ourselves from that game, go and make sure that they're okay, either get them to sit by us and play, take over what we're doing or start them up with another game, find someone who can teach. And I feel like that's missed a lot, in, especially with some of those long-term gaming groups where, like you mentioned, if, if a group of five people go to the same place every week and play together, then they're just going to continually go to the same place every week and play together. So it doesn't really give an option to build. So, yeah, I think always having that host mentality rather than the mm. play mentality for me. Sorry, that was a very long-winded answer, but that's me. <laughs> no, that's worth it. And it's 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 interesting sometimes, as you say, having having that board game as a, a sort of common ground, a, an anchoring almost of the conversation. It, mm. it, it loosens things up and it, and it helps you just have that flow a little bit more. Um, whereas just randomly striking up a conversation with a complete stranger in a public place, yeah, can be a little bit awkward. Um, so yeah, it's 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 good when you've got the game or whatever and it's it just lets you yeah, get yeah. those conversations going and yeah. and i think i'd have to say probably steve one of my first ever board game days was one that you hosted and, and built from scratch um okay. you know we used to have a we used to have our little i think my first game day would have been with you dave at bracken ridge but mm. then when we had the first uh board game, board game barbecue game day that would have been my first board game day that i actually ever attended with a stack of people all in, all in a building. So, hmm. mine too. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. yeah. And just from a personal growth sort of perspective, too, it's, it's helped me um, a, a lot. As of, well, again, we've also talked about the show, but yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm a firm believer of that. Yeah, if, if it, it doesn't have to be board games, but if you, whatever you're into, there's someone else out there who hmm. is in the same boat as you. So, just do it so that you can bring other people in. Yeah. Life begins at the edge of your comfort zone. There you go. There's the title of this episode. <laughs> How long's the uh, the preview for the title? <laughs> <laughs> and the episode starts now. Yeah. Um, Maddie, do you have a story? Um, well, yeah, I guess I, I'm kind of coming at it from, I guess, the other end uh, in, in many ways than, than you guys seem to be. I kind of got into board gaming, I think I said before, a few years ago um, when I... Uh, attended uh, LXG, uh, the Leave Extraordinary Games. Um, and um, so, yeah, I, I was walking into a group that had been going for decades at that point. Um, so that that process of kind of building up and establishing, uh, I guess, had already been done for me, which was which was nice in some ways. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, there is there is that aspect of, as you say, even, even today, I've been going there now for many years, but newbies turn up they walk in there's a room full of you know 65 70 people and you can always tell the newbies because they walk up they get about five paces in and then they just stop and look confused and lost and um we try and you know someone will usually get up and and try and say okay hey coming in how many games you know what games do you play what are you what are you into for try and you know find out where they are um and get them at a table or whether that's playing or just, you know, watching a game that's going to end soon so they can get in into something then. Um, but yeah, that, it, it can be daunting, um, I guess, when you, when you do have the newbies turn up and, um, yeah, trying to just integrate them in, in a, in a way. Yeah, I think, I think I, yeah, that's, I 100% agree because the other thing that people need to realise is, and you'd be walking into that door, that might be the 12th time they got to that door. And that's mm-hmm. the first time they've built up the courage to walk in. Like I'm making everyone sound like they're weak and they've, you know, whatever else, but it's like, it's so true. It's so many people that we've spoken to are like, I remember there's one lady as she came to the Sydney game day that we read and, and she was like, she was had, had full on anxiety attack and Mitch got hold of her and, you know, just talked to us to come in. We'll, we'll, we'll sort you out. They played a few games with her. She then traveled to the Melbourne event and to the Brisbane event because yeah. she felt she felt comfortable. And then she was like the first time she'd ever been to a gaming group. Wow. And it was like Mitch did an awesome job just making sure she was integrated. And then 
from I, I, she might still be traveling around to all the events i'm not sure but yeah it was just it's just awesome that sort of stuff you just sort of go well yeah that's why we do it right this is yeah. this is awesome so and, and you're right matt because like, we even try and do that prior to any events so we'll put on we'll put an event on our facebook page but then we're trying to encourage a discussion around what you know anyone that's new what mm-hmm. game do you like to play and we try and actually get games set up so that even they don't even have to walk into the door there's a table set up for them they know mm-hmm. where they have to go they know who they need to connect with when they come into you know come into the game day mm-hmm. so you're right yeah and because it is you know someone yeah someone will turn up and, and and look a little bit lost and often they are brand new they've you know they've played Catan, they've played splendor and they they still uh, value monopoly as a as a worthwhile time um and uh they're completely You've got to kind of. Oh, sorry. There's a car moving behind me. Disregard. <laughs> uh, <coughs> hang on. Do it. Wow. That's it's an outboard motor going behind yeah, me. That's, uh, that's an Australian <laughs> V8 there. That's, that's not even across Excuse the street. Me. That's like that's like six houses down. Excuse me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I forget uh, what I was saying. Uh, yeah, people people come in with with different um, standings, different levels of familiarity, and, mm-hmm. and yeah, they'll need different things if they're going to be made to feel comfortable and welcome and uh, have a good time, which is ultimately what they're there for. Yeah, yeah. And I think especially with ours, because we do frequent weeknight events, we get new people in every week like the community is still growing pretty actively and so at least every week a new one new person will turn up so we're kind of got it down a bit now there's a, a few sort of contact people that you can onboard someone pretty quickly and pretty easily and um it, it helps having that be sort of smooth but also i think as shane said we don't we'll, we'll do some light facilitation but it's not like we've got a, a check-in desk where someone's got to take your hand and walk you through like you do need to want to come along and want to actually join in and experience something different and we, we actually had one of the game nights uh, at the new venue we were sitting there and someone walked into the the door and they were looking a bit dazed and confused so i said oh hey how are you going you're here for the game night she goes no i'm just here to have dinner she goes but i want <laughs> <laughs> i went i actually didn't even entertain that what, what do you mean <laughs> no, actually, I, I, I want to play a ball game now. Looking at this whole crowd, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do like that. It happens pretty regularly at the Tuesday that we do at the pub. Like we just get drunk punters come in sometimes. <laughs> yeah, go, yeah, yeah. What are you guys doing? Yeah. This looks great. <laughs> like, yeah, you're playing some board games. Oh no, board games. Like, Nissy sissies. Like I don't need to play board games, but it looks like you're having fun. I'm like, yeah, it's yeah. fun. Like so, board games. Yeah. <laughs> I remember G Money and I, um, with my sister and my nephew, were uh, playing territory for months. Actually, I feel like I've told this story before too. I'm repeating myself a lot, but um, <laughs> that, yeah, we, we played a huge game of Terraforming Mars at the brewery in Springfield, and uh, this family were outside eating food, um, as you do. But they were there the whole time, and they, we didn't realize, but they were watching us play. And they waited until the very end, and they're like, "You have to tell us what this game is. We've been watching you the whole time." <laughs> really <laughs> it's like a four-hour game but uh yeah like it's it's it, it can be just something so interesting um to, well here's these because i guess that board games are like toys you know so people who aren't in the hobby might think toys kids so yeah. seeing a whole bunch of grown adults sitting down in a big space having a great time playing board games it's a bit of a shock to the system i guess the downside for that poor family though that you know when you said terraforming mars they went down to their local game store bought terraforming mars unboxed it and they went this looks nothing like what we yeah, that's fair too. <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And for, the, for those punters, uh, Steve has a very blinged out uh, copy of uh, Terraforming Mars. Well, they have to learn about uh, Kickstarter Deluxe Edition someday. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yes, they do. That was awesome. How uplifting. That was awesome. Yeah, like, right. <laughs> We talk question. well about ourselves, don't we? <laughs> it's a great question of the pod. <laughs> but then um, it's also too taking that community bigger. So, hmm. you know, how, how to, one thing I think is missing in our board game, and it's something where we're trying to work on next, is connecting all those board game groups. So they're all talking yeah. together. They're all promoting everyone. We talk about that for ages. But it's just yeah. that, that, is, that mm. is missing. Um, they'll watch this space, build it, and they will come. Hey, Dave. It's mm. it's always interesting where, and, and this is at least true for Southeast Queensland. Uh, I don't know how 
applicable it is to the to the world at large. But it seems like yeah, there's there's always yeah these kind of different groups, and then there's always like five to ten people who are at two, multiple of them. There's that little yeah. sort of overlap of the Venn diagram. Um, and so occasionally you'll just get these people having these conversations about, oh, yeah, you remember we played this last week at whatever it is. And it's like, Excellent. okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I guess the, the foundations of that are there. You just need to. Yeah. And that's the kind of the next bit. And I think that no one's really figured it out. So you, especially for South East Queensland, you said it's very geographical. Like often it's there's a group that's within a short drive of you. Um, there is some people that will travel and will go the extra mile or there's some bigger events that will draw a bigger sort of pool. But often it's you go to your local event. Um, in, in some small cases, I think there's a few like game specific or, or types of games. Like there's a couple of heavy groups, there's, you know, party groups and social groups they get around. Um, but really where I think we're at is, especially in social media ages, people are coming out of the woodwork and they need some way to actually know how to connect with where they want to go mm-hmm. that's not just well either the geographical yeah. group that's close to me and i'll go there because they may not be suitable or that not might not be their sort of style of gaming they, they might not be able to jump into the 18xx group that meets at the corner pub um so uh, yeah i think that's what shane and i are thinking and, and you know, multiple of us have talked about it for a long time is how we actually facilitate and connect some of those people through so that you know you're going to somewhere that's going to suit you're not going to bounce off your local group and then you have a touch of board game again. Absolutely. Maddie, do you have any other questions? Sorry, uh, I just cut someone off. No, I just wanted to say, um, hearing all this, like it's, it's really inspiring stuff. Like, and, um, just like to say thank you to all you guys and everybody else that organizes things like this around the country and around the world. Like, it's an outlet for people that like we're lucky like you know you got to think like you know we a lot of people out there want to play board games and don't have the resources and the friends that we have that we're blessed to have and for them it gives them an outlet that they might not have maybe they have people that they play with that aren't quite as into as bigger games that they would like to play so they get like you know that sort of intermediate to medium level games played but they want a bit more you know, bigger games. So it gives them a place that they can go and sort of investigate that, you know? So it's just, you know, from everybody that experiences and benefits from this, like, thank you to all the people who work so hard to put that on. Hey, that's well said, mate. You, the listeners can't see, but everyone was just nodding silently. <laughs> 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 just You're a good HG money. <laughs> And what's this space? CentralCon is gaining legs. So, I... is there going to be a Voltron of game groups? It's... Oh, yeah, maybe. But no, I, um, I I did some early work on trying to start up a, uh, a board game convention in Emerald. So, <laughs> we're uh, well, we've got a got a couple of uh, meetings tomorrow, and we got the grants out at the moment. So, yeah, interesting. Yeah. Hopefully, one day. Great trip. So, I'm not yeah. going to Emerald, by the way. <laughs> no. Nah, you got to come, mate. you got to come. It's great. But you have to. He needs the grants. Uh, it's better than anything uh, D-Money's wow. done. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I said I wasn't going to go to Emerald. <laughs> it's, the, it's the no grants. You can have one grant. All right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Well played. Yeah. Yeah. And, and look, that's, that's something as well. Like, I'd be very keen to see some big gaming convention. Australia doesn't really have anything to rival that like Gen Con or oh. Dice Tower. Hey, hold on, hold on. I don't yeah. even talk about big. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, Emricon, mate. We're in. Let's find a 20,000 person yeah. venue. I'll be there. Steve, you are going to Dice Tower retreat. You never know what you could do with Vassal. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, he's never been to Australia. So I was like, wouldn't that be a, yeah. wouldn't that be a coup? He comes to Emerald <laughs> as his first joint. Just uh, make up a fake web page with yeah. a whole bunch of fake traffic. Yeah. <laughs> Bring Tom Vassal out to Emerald yeah. for like, like 30 people. That Sydney Opera House is in Emerald. Just put yeah. all the yeah. it's in Emerald. It's basically, it's basically Las Vegas, right? It's, yeah. it's town out in the middle of the arid climate. You know, it's the same yeah. deal. It's like casinos, all buildings. I was going to say, that's where the comparison ends. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Little dam's got great barrier reef sign next to it. Yeah. <laughs> 
hey, I'll have you know that our dam is three times the size of no. Sydney Harbour. No. And the reason I know that is because it's like it's our claim to fame. It's like everyone's like, you're our dam three times the size. I'm like, cool. Damn. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, all right. I'll stop spruiking an event that doesn't currently exist. <laughs> but but if someone's listening to this in like five to ten years, you know, yeah. it's up on the internet now. Oh, this is where it all originated. There we yeah, go. Yeah. 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 And thank you to that one person that does listen to this, five, ten years. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> this, this, this right now is that Sex Pistols gig. Uh, like everyone's like, oh, yeah, I heard that back in the day. I was there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. This specific if, episode? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I hope people know what I talk about when I say the Sex Pistols gig. Yes. Not myself, no. Oh, wow. Okay. There's a reference that I thought everyone knew. So Sex Pistols played this gig and there was like 25 people there. It was the first gig they ever played. Hmm. But a couple of people in the audience were like huge, big, like um, music bigwigs. And from that, that's pretty much where punk rock was born. That, that, they, they got signed, they became big, and it was like it was this story of this, oh, this one little gig with 25 people. But – Thousands of people have said, "Oh yeah, I was one of those 25. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's probably probably a little bit less exclusive when you it is a it is a podcast on the internet. But yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we've probably got about twenty five listeners. So thank you to all each and every one of them. You never know. Central Con twenty twenty seven. I just used to carry over carry uh, the, the the spillover from the Olympics. Put it back a few years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All um, right. I might All give right. you guys an update on my board game purchases. Hey, should I? Or lack Why thereof. Not? Lack yeah. thereof. I didn't You're not promise. supposed to be buying yeah. nothing. No, that's yeah, right. I haven't. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I haven't, but I've been very tempted. I need. I needed help. Uh, so the other day, I went for a walk during my lunch break. So I, I still have not bought a board game. I am buy, I am playing all Wait. the drink. Wait a second. I call shenanigans. <laughs> no, no, no shenanigans yet. I call shenanigans. Is that the board game? You said you said I'm not gonna buy another board game. Kickstarter doesn't count. Kickstarter doesn't count. But you pre ordered a game. I haven't yet. This week. I, I haven't personally yet. <laughs> I have something. You gave the money to somebody else Correct. to pre-order again. <laughs> <laughs> Who has a Stonemaier membership, so I can save twenty percent. Are you getting it? <laughs> Absolutely, I'm getting it. <laughs> well, I'll have to play it with you when you get it in. It looks awesome. <laughs> it, does. it did look really good. That is a pretty G money level loophole there. Um, but no, I, I haven't yet. So I haven't, I haven't backed any Kickstarters. However, I was tempted the other day. I went for a bit of a walk during lunch break, walked into Chermside Game Traders. There staring me in the front of my face was Frostpunk. And I was like... Frost, Frosthaven? No, Frostpunk. Frostpunk? Really? Is it based Frost, on the computer game? Yeah. Frostpunk was sitting there staring me in the face. Wow. Two copies. So did you just steal it so you didn't have to buy a board game? <laughs> I held did it. you pay in favours? <laughs> I should have. You accept barter. <laughs> Could have sent someone some money and yeah, I'm paying. Oh, no. It was – I walked out. Shane's at the front of the shop with, like, kids going, hey, kids, can I give you some money? Go buy me some games. <laughs> or he goes to Kmart and buys, like, you know, a toaster and then takes it to Game Trades and say, if you take this back to Kmart, I've got a receipt for you. Because you know I love this war of mine, right? And this was – it's just sitting there looking at me and I, I held it. I held it. And I was like <laughs> – well, you could, I mean, you could, there's so many loopholes there. You could say it's not a board game; it's a video game adaptation. I promise. Yeah. I promise. I promised Lauren on the podcast, so she's holding me to it. Dude, <laughs> just borrow mine. Like I know you've got great. it. I know you've got it. It's second hand as well. So surely there's a loophole there with it. it's not a brand new game. No, no, it's brand so new. It's really it's shrink. Oh, it is brand new. Yeah, brand oh, new okay. shrink. This. And then there was another one in there as well because you. We're not really helping him, are we? No, (laughs) (laughs) we are not Um, on his side. So in Z Garcia's top twenty was a game called Evergreen, and behind Helen's head is photosynthesis, I think. Yes. And apparently, it's like he had both. He's now gotten rid of photosynthesis, and it's purely Evergreen. That's all he plays. Um, They had that there as well, and I was like, "Oh, this looks awesome." 
but again, held it, walked away. So it was just like, you know, smell it, walk away, get out. I can fix your problem, Shane. You know what you need to do? Need to move to Emerald, mate. No boy game shops here. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> what about Emerald Hobbies? Yeah, it's more of a games workshop, uh, Magic the Gathering, Dungeons and Dragons shop. So. so update on my, I have not bought a game as yet. Well done. Technically. Stay strong, brother. How much was it, Shane? <laughs> About 250 <laughs> Ever, No, Evergreen was 79 and Frostpunk was 179 Oh, that's a good price. I know it's a very good price. See, thanks. It's a very good price. You can buy it for me, and then I'll give it to you in like two years. Yeah. Well, how are you going with playing your games? Like, isn't that the yeah? No, going well. Trade off. Going well. Doing well. Getting through them, yeah. which is good. I've probably played about seven of them, so ninety-two to go. <laughs> So I, I, I take it you're on one of these. Uh, I've bought too many. I, I need to go back and play everything I've bought already. Is that the? Uh... That, just the ones in shrink, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shane, how many games do you actually have? Uh, two hundred and forty-seven. So of two hundred and forty-seven, there were a hundred you hadn't played. Ninety-nine that I hadn't played. Yes. That's an important distinction. Yeah, double digits. That's it. It's very important. It's almost much. I I think we should have an entire episode devoted to when Shane plays all of his mint games. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, maybe that's the uh, that's the 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 running segment is then is I haven't bought any, but I played these three. Here's my thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Matt, have you ever played any of the mint games? Uh, oh, I was assuming you just meant mint is in still in shrink. I that's oh, no. not. <laughs> no, they're in little mint tins. Do you know about these games? Oh yes, I think I have. It's been a few years potentially, but I yeah. Shane so has she... all of them and hates them all, but he hasn't played yeah. any of them. Not a fan. Yeah, so never played or... any. <laughs> no, the first the first one, the first mint game was great. That was a good one. Um, then the rest that followed were just shit. Have you played them all? Yes. Oh, okay. I thought you That's said that still the trick. Okay, yeah. No, no, no. I've played them all. No, they're not on the 99. They're not on the 99. They're not on the 99. No, no. Yeah. no, no. My apologies. <laughs> they're the nail tins that are happening. Yeah. All right. I think you should wrap us up, Matt. I think we're going well. I've killed it. But you have a, a final important job, which is to define the topic for the next episode. Yes. Uh, and uh, I was trying to think of what would be a, a good one. There's lots of always... I guess interesting in terms of you don't know who the uh, next guest will be or or what their area of expertise is. Um, but we were talking about hosting uh, game days and, and events. Um, I would be curious to hear you guys talk about the logistics of uh, what goes into a good game day. Not even just from like the the you know planning of the event, but in terms of the games. Hmm. Um, you know, do you want to? Do you want a schedule? Do you want long games? Do you want short games? Like what makes a good game day game or experience? Interpret that as you will. 